0: All right, welcome, welcome to this fourth episode of Season 7 of the Purple Reigns Podcast. I'm your host, T.T. James. Welcome, welcome, once again. I have missed two weeks of podcasting recording (laughs) and that's because I had guests over I was preparing for guests the first week and then this past week I had guests family it was nice very nice if family is listening hello hello or welcome welcome (laughs) it was a good vacay It was a staycation for me because they came to visit me, but it was a vacation from the world. And so it was wonderful. I hope your summer has been excellent so far. There's still a lot of summer left. Uh, The last time I was on here, I was talking about a heat wave, how it was scorching, or I wasn't saying scorching, but... Anyway, the world was talking about heat waves or unusual, unusually hot weather throughout the West. All right. But this week, it's like completely the opposite. Like we're at we're I won't even say degrees, but um, we're like half that, like half of what we were, you know, the, the temperature dropped by half. Let's say that. So you can imagine whether you're in Fahrenheit or Celsius, the temperature dropped by half. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So like imagine if you were at 100 last week today or yeah, this week you're at 50. Imagine that in Fahrenheit. And if you were at 30 last week, this week we're at 15. Like it's insane. Um, interestingly insane. However, let's get into the topic of this podcast Again, I'm going to keep this one short and to the point. I was watching a video, a little quick little clip on YouTube, where an actor whose name escapes me right now. That always happens with me and names, but he was talking about um, how it's important to just stick to three main ideas when you speak because people tend not to hold on to more than that, to more than three ideas. And so I'm going to try to do that in this one. I took, I made three notes. That is it. (laughs) And then within the three, I made three more. Anyway, let me get to the point. This one is isolation versus solitude. Uh, Before I get to that, I do have to thank everyone who has been on the My Sacred Blood um, mailing list and those who have become members of My Sacred Blood website to access the, um, the membership pages on the site as well as the wellness check i hope you are getting the wellness check i see that you are many of you are and i appreciate that you are staying tuned and um, staying updated with my sacred blood so i appreciate that thank you and i had to say that before i got to this um for those who don't know my sacred blood i'm at my You can find me there. There will be upcoming changes um, in October, but I'll announce that in um, future episodes or in the fall episodes uh, season. So isolation versus solitude. Um, Let's start with the common theme among these new agers, kundalini, con artists, and self-proclaimed so-called quote-unquote chosen ones right um this is this idea that um to reject the idea of rejecting anyone who doesn't so-called vibrate on your frequency or who is not on the same level as you so on so on there seems to be somewhat of an agenda for people to separate from those who are not like them i've kind I almost I'll say I almost or I think I did but managed to pull myself out of this during the pandemic where or not pandemic but uh well yeah but when people were being um vaccinated And there were some who didn't want to be around the unvaccinated and the unvaccinated who didn't want to be around the vaccinated, so on, so on. And at the time when things were separated, when there was a vaccine passport and I wasn't able to do the things that my vaccinated people were able to do, then we kind of naturally um, grew apart or naturally separated because there were things in their lives that they can do. They could still go on with the normal and still get on with, you know, the everyday usual things. Uh, And they didn't mind using the passport, but I wasn't able to do that. And so I had to separate myself. Like there was, uh, it, it was something that we were not able to control. Let's just say that during the pandemic, when the vaccine passports were mandatory and the vaccines were mandatory, that certain people did end up naturally separating from each other but then after that was taken away a lot of the politicians were kind of encouraging people to make peace again you know and then a lot of people were naturally able to make peace again and to come back together again and to do the same things that they were usually doing before the pandemic without the passport all right but we are going to get to a point now because I there are some things like for example um, I I go to the a facility to swim, and that facility required a vaccine passport uh, during the pandemic when the pan, the emergency state of the pandemic because they claim that it's still ongoing the pandemic is still ongoing, but during the the emergency phase of the pandemic, I was not able to access this facility, but now that things have opened up again, I am able to access the facility. Now, once the emergency phase comes back in another form, whether it be a pandemic, whether it be a climate change thing, whether it be monkeypox pandemic, it doesn't matter what form it should take, right? When an emergency situation re-emerges, then this place is going to be locked down again And it's not going to be available to me. Same, you know, as anything else, like restaurants and anybody, any entertainment venue that required the passport that will come back and people are going to be separated again. And so that's kind of what um, the idea behind this video is, because it's kind of put this whole idea of isolating people uh, from others, even from their family and friends or close ones, the purpose of that is uh to it is a tactic of psychological or spiritual warfare and so i'll get to more spiritual warfare but i get to that in a second now separating from toxic people is necessary at times it is clear when we need to separate from toxic people the people who are draining they take they never give they never add anything to your life they are physically, mentally abusive. You can see it every day, and it's something that you have to fight with yourself every day and convince yourself of every day whether or not you want these people in your lives. Now, this is something that's obvious, and if you are dealing with something like that, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, then it is obvious. There's no reason to even give it a second thought. If somebody is toxic to you because they are hurting you, whether physically, mentally, emotionally, otherwise, then it is necessary to separate yourself from that person, and you shouldn't question yourself on that. But there is a difference between toxic people and people who disagree. Just because someone it, it doesn't necessarily believe what you believe or agrees with what um, you think or what you say, and doesn't have this share the same ideas and ideologies as you, doesn't mean that they are toxic. Okay, but we're being taught through social media, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, programming that if someone doesn't agree with your ideas and ideologies, then they are not vibrating, quote-unquote, on the same frequency, they are not resonating with you, they are not on the same level as you, you know, they are not in your... um whatever circle or whatever people think. Right. And so they feel like they need to get rid of those people. Now, the reason why this came up as a topic, and I will say to, um, to my family friend, uh, who I recently spoke to a family friend, a very close person, a person very close to me. We were having this um, argument it turned into an argument and then I had to stop and, and talk about exactly what I'm about to talk with you about today and that's about um, understanding the difference between toxic people and people who disagree because we found ourselves disagreeing about something and this person mentioned, um, an issue that they were having with another individual and the individual was a friend, a longtime friend of this person. And the person said that, and if you're listening, I'm not going to get in, um, into any detail that would make it obvious that I'm talking about you. So if you are listening, I hope that you will listen a little bit closer than what you did when we were actually talking. Side note. All right. But this person was having a disagreement with another friend and they said to the other friend, well, I, I, I guess you're right then this person is expendable. They need to be out of my life. They're not the same as, as me and blah, blah, blah. So they kind of rejected another friend or dismissed the other friend as if the person was expendable. And this is someone who was a, when I say longtime friend, I mean like five years or so. Okay. And I was like, "Well, it it doesn't make f- sense that you were friends for so long, and then all of a sudden, you're not friends anymore." The friend actually, <laughs> the friend of this person said that they were being competitive, and so it's a social media thing. Okay, people looking at other people online, looking at their numbers, and you know, this spills over into real life, and so one person is looking at this this person's numbers online and they think that the person is competitive you know people are jealous the other friend is getting married and she thinks she got one up on and now i just gave away the gender but whatever okay but it, you know it, it is two women obviously um competing like I don't know if it's obvious but not necessarily competing but they at some point one felt that they were that she was competing against the other and so one is anyway this is something that social media creates all right it makes you think that if you have numbers and people following you numbers and followers that you are important and other people looking at that are gonna also think that if you have numbers and followers that you think that you're important. And so you have one individual who's trying to get her married or her personal life together, thinking that this other female is going to be jealous of that, and then you have the other female who has her numbers and her followers, and the other person the other female is jealous of that. Okay. So these two are going back and forth, but they have a, a relationship that's five. Or plus years old. And so, you know, I was talking to this individual thinking, well, why would you throw away a relationship like that? But this is what the social media has done. I said, I might have mentioned in a previous podcast that social media was once about social networking, it was used for that. But now it's so highly manipulated that a lot of what we see, a lot of people talk about the dead internet, like a lot of. What we think are people out there are not people, that they are actually bots who are instigating these conflicts between actual real people. And people will fight each other over information that they received from a bot. The dead internet theory, I'll kind of summarize it like this, is that, for example, let's take YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok and Facebook. YouTube, Twitter, Instagram... TikTok and Facebook, all right? So you have these five different um, social media platforms and all of these claim to have millions of people at least following each of the users on that website. And so you'll have... Um, a- I'm just gonna use a million, although we know that some of them are talking about billions of users. Okay, let's say a billion, okay? So we got a billion on Twitter, a billion on YouTube, a billion on TikTok, a billion on Facebook, a billion on Instagram. They all got a billion people, all right? And then they all, all for all the sites, they have um, followers who have millions of followers on each of these sites. And somehow on each of the site, they can have billions of users uh, an individual can have millions of followers and then they have millions of views and hundreds of thousands, ten thousands of comments and it's consistent. Okay. That mean, and you have to remember that it's not, we only have 8 billion people in the world. So it's not like we got a billion different users for each of these platforms. All of the platforms have a crossover or some spillover from other platforms so an Instagram user will be a YouTube user or a Twitter user for everyone who's on uh, TikTok they also have an Instagram account a YouTube account a Twitter account or so on they have at least three different social media accounts okay because Twitter is the newest of the bunch and they were on the others before they were on uh, excuse me TikTok did I say TikTok? anyway right so for for the internet to always be full and running at full capacity it would stand to reason that there are some bots who are holding spaces on these sites like if one of the users goes over to TikTok then at that moment Instagram would lose a user but they never do you understand the traffic continues to flow at the same rate which doesn't make any sense it would only make it would make more sense if at sometimes people if there is something for example trending on twitter then logic would have it that the views on instagram would go down in that same moment You know, we don't have data to compare that, but it seems it never happens, okay? People seem to be running around on three different sites. That would mean that the Twitter users, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, would have to be on all three sites at the same time for them to have consistent views, you understand? So the dead internet is that half the internet is not even real, it's bots, they're holding a place. So if somebody runs over to Twitter, you can still count them uh, as an active user or you'll have a bot take their place on Instagram or whatever okay so the idea in brief is that the the dead internet is that everything on the internet is not real so despite the fact that people are really competing against bots they're out there talking to bots or seeking the attention of bots they're still out there and they will hurt real life relationships because of that and so this is a tactic which i'll get to later on or in the second half of this podcast but this is a tactic or a strategy that is used in spiritual warfare and i mentioned it so many different times that the internet is a major tool or it's a must-have for spiritual warfare if you don't know what people are thinking then you can't understand what they're feeling if you don't know what's in their mind you can't understand what's in their spirit and so there are people entities out there who have access to this internet who can tell what's on people's mind and then they're able to manipulate that and so it's important to understand when you're dealing with people, the difference between toxic people and people who disagree, because on the internet there is this push for people to disagree, this duality or dichotomy that always has to keep going, this red versus blue, or black versus white, or them versus us, so on and so on. So there's an agenda to reject anyone who doesn't agree with you, and that agenda, like I said, is part of a tactic or a strategy in spiritual warfare. Before I go to break, I'm going to outline what I've called um, what I've called the late strategy for spiritual warfare. And there are six stages to this late strategy. And social isolation is a necessary tactic. It's actually number three in the late tactic or the late strategy for spiritual warfare. So number one is indoctrination. And that means to, um, well, I'll get to the details in a second, but number one is to indoctrinate. And uh, number two is to alienate number three is to isolate, number four is to interrogate, number five is to uh, reintegrate, and number six is to assimilate. And so when I was writing <laughs> when I was writing or coming up with a strategy, I noticed that this um, suffix eight kept coming up. And I uh, I'll explain the why it was late in the second half. Okay, so the late um, strategy, mostly because it doesn't make sense to say the eight strategy. But <laughs> let me get back to uh, to the points. Now, the these six steps are necessary in spiritual warfare and once you understand each of the steps then you can formulate your own strategy for how you can win each of these battles because each step or each strategy is a battle to be won and of course in spiritual warfare there are many battles there are many temptations there are many tests and so on and so and they usually come in these six stages what i've analyzed anyway what i've noticed the the patterns i've noticed and so I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm at the 20 minute mark, but since I'm not going to go a full hour, I'm going to pause here and I will be right back. So why did I call it the late strategy? Let's talk about that first. So the late strategy for spiritual warfare. Now, like I said, (laughs) all of the words, indoctrinate, alienate, isolate, interrogate, um, uh, reintegrate, and assimilate are the six battles to be won in the um, game or in spiritual warfare. The reason why I stuck with the late strategy is because there are two points in or well two points or two battles that if you win those you can always come back so let's say you lost the indoctrination battle you lost the alienation battle you get to isolation or to isolate you can always come back once you get there there is a strategy for that because when you're isolated it'll give you time to think And once you have time to think, you have time to rethink, and then you can always go back, or not necessarily go back, but but to escape from uh, this, or to win that battle. Then, if for any reason you don't escape that, and you are integrate or interrogated, you reach the interrogation stage. Then the I said reintegrate but I, I wrote reiterate excuse me that is my mistake it's reiterate I'll list the, the six in just a second but then once you get to the assimilate stage there's also a chance for you to realize what it is that's happening and then to win that battle and so It doesn't matter if along the way you lose these battles, you can still win the war and that's the point. So let me relist them because that was my mistake. Um, It was to first indoctrinate an individual. And this is the tactics that are used for spiritual warfare. Number one is to indoctrinate, which is to plant and nurture an idea or an ideology into that individual. Number two is then to alienate that individual by causing friction or tension within groups, within families, friendships, so on. Then number three is to isolate individuals. And this is what this particular podcast is about where you get people to finally separate from each other because they disagree because there's so much tension. And so you isolate everyone from each other. And then number four is to interrogate, which is now the individual is starting to question themselves to question the ideology that they believe in. They'll even get to the point where they start questioning Their own sanity, and this is where mental illness will even come in, where people will question their own sanity. Right now, mental illness is a protected, or mental health, is a protected status. I suppose we could say that people who are ment have mental health issues are a protected group, and so a lot of people will question their own sanity, but at the same time, they'll get help in that. Situation. I'll go into depth more um, for each of these at a later time, but then the next step is to reiterate, which means once you've questioned your sanity, once you've questioned um, yourself and to question whether or not you really believe in this idea, then there is now another step in the process, which is to reiterate the idea or the ideology, just to uh, to af- reaffirm the idea or the ideology so that if you had any doubt at all, then you'll get a reaffirmation that what you believe or what you now believe or have been programmed to believe is indeed true and that you were right for separating from everybody and the tension was justified and so on. And then the final stage in that is to assimilate an individual or reintegrate them into or integrate them into a new social group because nobody does spiritual warfare without an end goal okay the the whole purpose of spiritual warfare of breaking someone down psychologically or spiritually is to move them from what they believe in now the life that they're living the people that they're among the groups that they're among and to move them into a new group uh, to move them on to a new idea and to get them stuck there And you can continue this in perpetuity. You can constantly move people around just by doing these things. And so how do you win the isolation battle? Like I said, um, uh, for for the other five, I'm going to more than likely get more in depth with those. But for this podcast, I want to focus on the isolation stage. Uh, The isolation battle number three and so how do you win the isolation battle? Well now I have three more ideas for that so the first or steps So the first step is to acknowledge that people are different. So this is what happened with me and the friend I was talking about is that we had we got into an argument about how she's changed, how she's just rejecting all her friends and rejecting everyone around her because, you know, they're not on the same level or what, oh yeah, I I don't remember what the, oh right, they're competing, you know, she doesn't need them in her life and it seems that she was rejecting a lot of people around her, including me uh, when we were arguing It wasn't really it wasn't really an argument because she wouldn't even discuss it. She would dismiss everything. You know, she's right. Her ideologies are right. You know, her numbers are right. She's getting the response that she needs to get out there in the social media world. So she doesn't need to have no discussions with anybody in the real world. If no one's adding to her bank, then they have nothing to add. It was just this idea of every conversation being about money not necessarily getting the bag okay you know in the in the sense of getting a man to get you the bag but this idea that people are all into their you know into their financial identity is their identity this whole thing with nfts um cryptocurrencies Owning your own business, so on, so on, all of these things. Like, it, I know that they began with good intentions, but now it's been weaponized against the people. Now, where the people are only focused on that, that is their identity. If someone doesn't add to the bag, or if they don't add to your pocket, or to your wallet, or to whatever, then they are just, you know, useless, you know. And so, if they don't pay your bills, and da, 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 that, you know, and it, this is this is pretty much it. It's like this person has no identity beyond that. We had difficulties having conversations that weren't about that. They were always focused on their social media, always focused on their so-called business, always so you know, you can have a business life and have successes and then your life will speak for itself. But you don't always have to be in discussion about these things. Yes, of course, you can discuss it. I love to discuss it. But if it becomes the topic of every single conversation, it's a problem. It's a problem when your entire identity is wrapped around how much money I know how much I shouldn't even say money, but it's numbers at this point, it's digits at this point, because it can be the digits, meaning the followers, the digits, meaning the views, the digits, meaning the money. It's all about the digits and the figures. And so it became... It, it was boring it was almost a waste of my time and so we debated that and i found myself in a debate with this person and this person decided to dismiss me <laughs> and i thought about that for a moment i'm at my to- i'm at my a point in my life right now where i am in a state of solitude I am 42 years old and when you get to 42, this is the year where you're supposed to or when you are now where you should um, be equipped mentally, physically prepared, financially prepared. I'll say financially, materially, physically in the same uh, category there, but materially and spiritually, physically, mentally prepared to be in solitude and to understand yourself to 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 spend time alone to understand who you are can you be in your own company are you okay in your own company do you love yourself like really love yourself when you are faced with yourself and have to live with yourself and only with yourself when you get to that stage that is the stage of solitude and it usually comes around um, the time when you're 40 or so um, I would say if you're younger in your 20s you're supposed to make all the mistakes okay when you're in your teens then you can make all the mistakes but you have your parents there to catch you when you're in your 20s you make all the mistakes but then you have to catch yourself when you're in your 30s you stabilize and you don't make as many mistakes because you've learned from the mistakes you've made in your teens and 20s so in your 30s it's supposed to be gaining some form of stability so that when you get to your 40s you're able to take the time to um to experience some degree of solitude now, for a lot of people, this is not possible because people can't be alone. Of course, you, a lot of people do have to work and everyone has to work. You have to work, whether you are self-employed or you are employed by someone else or you are unemployed looking for work or you're homeless on the street. Everybody needs to, in some form or another, deal with other people and so it takes a lot of preparation to live in solitude to be alone and so i've finally gotten to a place in my life in a situation uh, where i am able to take some time to be alone and i so far it's been this year for 2022 is my year of solitude, my 42nd year. I think it's the perfect time to do that when you get to your 40s. It's kind of the halfway point, I would say, but this year I I was able to do it. Everything lined up and I was able to take the time to be alone. Now, like I said, there's a difference between solitude and isolation when you keep If you fall into this idea that, oh, they're not resonating on the same frequency as me. Oh, we don't, you know, we're not in the same level or whatever, however else they phrase it, right? When you start doing that and start dismissing everyone from your life and everyone who doesn't disagree, everyone who doesn't agree with you, you start rejecting them, then you'll find yourself isolated from a lot of people. And then the only people that you're surrounded by are people who were able to contribute to your numbers or your figures in some way. And then when that falls apart, because it will, that's not supposed to be sustainable. That's a tactic. And so it's a stage. It's only one battle in a a spiritual war. And so that will fall away. And so when you don't have that anymore, then all the battles left to come will be lost. You will lose those battles because you've only depended on the one, you, you know, you, you were so focused or you got yourself lost in the isolation battle, this idea that oh, I don't need these people rejecting these people. And so let me reiterate the, fra- this, the first uh, step is to acknowledge that people are different. So I had to acknowledge, you know what? I was at that stage too where it was all about oh yeah i'm doing my business and i and i would only talk to people who had something to offer uh, you know i'm not in a poverty mindset that was my thing for 2020 i'm not about the poverty mindset i don't want to be around poverty people i don't have any worries i don't have any frustrations i'm not going to stress about my life i'm not going to live a struggle life da-da. and i didn't want to be about around people who were now that was a mistake because there are a lot of people who i love uh, who I support and who have loved and support me who are in a struggle phase of their life and why would I be dismissing these people it hurts me to dismiss those people right because they are at a phase in their life which is a phase in their life they will move beyond that at some point you know and so I'm rejecting them because I feel like I've moved past them you know i I've even rejected the possibility that they can catch up to me, okay? And so that what that's what we're doing when we want to feel like, oh, I can't be around these people. They're toxic now. they They disagree with me. We're always arguing because we're always disagreeing. And so because we're always arguing over our disagreements, that means it's toxic. It's not toxic. It, not necessarily. It's about what are you disagreeing about? Which brings me to my second point, And that is to, well, my first point was, uh, again, I'll say that it was to acknowledge that people are different and that different people will have different ideas and ideologies. That's the first thing. And that I have, I have to do it as well. And so I'm talking to me. And so the second point is that your ideas might be right for you, but they are not necessarily right for others. So just because you have... Um, these ideas and ideologies that you believe in, you can believe that. It's fine. If all you think about all day long is your bank, think about that. If all you think about all day long is your God, think about that. If all you think about all day long is celebrities, think about that. The other person doesn't have to think about that. Unfortunately, or other people don't have to, unfortunately, people are not able to have a conversation about anything that they don't know. And so if your bank is all you know or celebrity gossip is all you know, what else are you really going to talk about? I'm someone who doesn't do small talk. I find it very difficult to talk about sports or the weather. I can't do it or celebrity gossip, celebrity news. Um, to make mention of it, or if I'm using it as an example <laughs> for a deeper meaning or whatever, I might bring it up. But I have difficulty talking about or or having small talk. And so a lot of the time, I find myself discussing ideas. And if people are not able to have a conversation about ideas, I find them boring. And I can't it's just, it feels like a waste of my time, me being in their company, but I've had to learn how not to do that, how not to reject someone just because, you know, for example, if someone does like celebrity gossip, I can engage, you know, as long as they lead the conversation in that um, case, I would have the other person take the lead. You know, I would welcome that because I don't know how to do celebrity gossip. So I would allow them in that case to talk more. You know, if it's um, a conversation about ideas, then you would think that the other person would allow you to talk more or would allow me to talk more in this case. Whatever your strengths are, you would stick with that. But I find that a lot of people want to get out of their... Out of their lane okay they want to be everything and know everything and talk about everything and when everything doesn't agree with them or when they can't take that lead they want to shoot people down and throw people away all right so it's important to understand that your ideas might be right for you but not for others so when your ideas uh, come up in a discussion then you go ahead and take the lead and discuss those ideas If you find that the other person has another set of ideas or ideologies, something else or interests, then allow them to take the lead and discuss that. Why are people always trying to be like everyone else? I guess that's the bot mentality that everyone has to agree. And if everyone is not on the same blockchain, on the same hashtag and they don't all agree that everything seems to fall apart that's literally a form of programming and so they already you have your mindset in such a way where people must agree with me if they don't have this hashtag the hashtag aka idea if they are not hashtagging this idea that we are not on the same blockchain, we are not on the same thought process, we are not the same, this person is toxic, they don't add to my life in any way, okay? So I can reject them. So this tactic is already being used to set people up to be comfortable on the blockchain, okay? I've talked about that before with Twitter. If you're on Twitter and you're talking, but you don't have a hashtag there, then you're not really joining a conversation. You're not really going to get people following what you're talking about until you put the hashtag. So if you think about the hashtag as an idea, you know, people enjoy doing that. They need to put a hashtag, meaning they have to have the same ideology as the other person. They're branding themselves in that way so how do you deal with that well the next step is to assess the whole of the relationship all right so me and this person who I'm talking about I've been in a relationship with this person for a long time and like I said she's been in a relationship with her friend for about five years so assess the entire five years and says assess excuse me assess our years of knowing each other have I added more to your life or am I that dispensable? Like, can you just throw me away like that? Assess the entirety. Or the whole of your relationship and that's the problem is that people don't see the whole anymore they see the now they've been programmed to see the now there is only now nothing exists there is no past there is no future there's only now yolo yolo this was an indoctrination this was a programming so that people don't think about the future that they may have and or future possibilities you know if you don't have possibilities or hopes for the future or you don't think about the future then what are you moving towards there's nothing that's motivating you except for you to live in the now all right and then if you don't think about the past so then you're, you're rejecting everything that made you who you are and so if you don't think about the past you dismiss the past it's not important there's only the now then what it what are what are the things that made you who you are or got you to where you are now that means you reject every mistake you reject every win so on so on and so that's a lot to reject just so that you can enjoy the now and the fun and so it's important to uh, to assess the whole of the relationship and decide is the whole of the relationship toxic if you can say you know every morning this person is beating me every morning they're abusing me every morning they're assaulting me every day we're having a fight every day this person's getting arrested this every day this person is calling the police on me every day i'm doing drugs every day i'm drinking like if it's consistently toxic consistently negative there's barely anything positive to add except for oh the sex was great he's a great lover I love him you know really assess the situation the whole of the situation the whole of the relationship and if there's anything that's salvageable like really salvageable not you know little bits and pieces here and there anyway assess the whole is it worth it to throw away the whole of the relationship because now you seem to be in this moment, in the now, you seem to be disagreeing. So again, I'll reiterate how to win the isolation battle is to acknowledge that people are different and that different people will have different ideas. That is not toxicity, it's only a difference in opinion and ideas now your ideas your opinions may be right for you but for others they may not be right for them everyone is not the same and then assess the whole of re- your relationship the objective is uh, uh, the objective of that one is to not lose your humanity all right if you are able to look at the whole of your relationship then you can really think about the humanity in the other person what is it about this person that you loved what is it about this person that kept you both or or yeah you both going for as long as you have etc etc because if if you don't have humanity like what else are you if not human and a lot of people have lost their humanity they've become these bots on the internet just as they were programmed to be. So it's important to assess the whole of your relationship because that gives you also the opportunity to assess the whole of who you are. Are you still human? Are you responding like a human? Are you empathizing like a human? Are you understanding another human as a human should do? Are you considerate of other human feelings? Or are you just about, mm, they're not resonating. They're not the same. They don't agree with me, so I reject them, you know? So think about those things. Anyway, we've reached the end of the podcast. That is it for this one. And so in the next one, well, before I say that, let me just say what I, I've decided on what I'm going to write in the um in the description box. I always like to come up with something and you know, I I don't know exactly how I'll phrase it, but I'll say it like this for now. That winning a spiritual war may cost you earthly gains. And so you can't, sometimes as they say, as the Christians like to say, or religious folk like to say, you can't serve two masters. Sometimes if you are in a spiritual war and you are to win the spiritual war it means to give up a lot of those things that you were able to gain when you gave up your soul so you gave up a lot of who you were who you are so that you can get the digits and so that you can get the material stuff but if you are to win the spiritual war there's a good chance that you might lose that and so you have to be prepared for that and Ready to welcome that to welcome that loss Because a loss of material gains If it results in a spiritual win, then it's up for you to decide, you know, what is more important Anyway for the rest of the season, I think I'm inspired now for the rest of the season I will do an in-depth analysis of spiritual warfare and how to win each battle and ultimately the war. And of course, I will be using current events to prove my points because I'm sure, 100% sure, that the current events to come will align with this particular topic of spiritual warfare. And so until the next one, take care of yourself.